Welcome to Jim Galliano's Building a Better Web Presence podcast. Build something better with less moving parts, less overhead, and less headaches. Hey everyone, this is Jim Galliano, and thanks for joining me for today's podcast episode. It's August the 3rd, and you're listening to episode 265. Before we get started, I wanted to share with you a quick update about a brand new program my friend Mike Oliver of MikeOliver.me has just released. Mike is a friend and a fellow Floridian, and people who develop websites using Generate Press and Generate Blocks, I'm sure most of you already recognize Mike's name. But for those who don't, Mike is one of the top designers in the Generate Press, Generate Blocks space. And he's just released a new program called the Website Builders Collective. Now, if you're a website builder, you're just getting started or you've been doing this for a while and you're trying to become more comfortable with working with the new WordPress block system and generate blocks, I think you'll really get a lot out of this program. It's packed with tutorials, packed with templates, and a lot more. Mike and the community are there to help you design and build better websites and to tap into the full power of generate press and generate blocks it's a place where you can get help overcoming the block editor roadblocks so many of you wrestle with and they'll also give you the tools and support you need to build awesome wordpress websites so to find out more about it you can go over to mikeoliver.me and click on the purple button at the top that says collective or you can go directly to wb collective.dev that's wb as in website builders collective.dev you can lock in your membership for only $20 a month or you can get two months free by purchasing an annual membership all right well today's podcast is brought to you by one to many system.com one to many is the system designed for solopreneurs that want to build and scale their businesses without working themselves to death and without needing a full-time staff or team to support them and without needing a large budget. It is truly one of the only bootstrapping systems out there today that can realistically take what you're building to a completely different level. So go ahead, watch the full presentation at one-to-many-system.com. It's under an hour and find out exactly how this can be applied to your own business. All right, today I want to talk about getting traffic to your website, getting traffic to your offers. And to begin, let me make a statement that's a generalization. In other words, I'm painting in broad strokes with this statement. So from around 2010 to around 2020, many businesses focused on building their audiences on social media first and their own web properties second. Instead of building their audiences, in other words, on a website or domain that they personally owned and controlled, for about a decade there, that became secondary to building their mailing lists, discovering new people, networking, interacting. All of that was done instead on social media. And the reason why was simple, because for about a decade, it was easier building an audience on social media than it was playing the SEO game and funneling traffic from places like Google, Bing, and Yahoo to your websites and to your landing pages and to your offers. But where are we today? Have you ever really given it some thought? I mean, where are we today? It is the summer of 2022. And are things the same today as they were a year ago or two years ago or five years ago? I think the answer to that is 
absolutely not. The underlying issue here is the business aspect of what we're building. Unless you're bringing new prospects to the table with some kind of consistency where you're able to make offers, it's unlikely that your business growth will continue on that upward trajectory. Instead, it will begin to stagnate. And this is the main problem with many businesses today who become over-reliant on online traffic sources that are starting to dry up. Now, one of my local clients faced a similar issue about four years ago with his offline business. He had a great product at one time. He was getting pulled in too many different directions, though. He had too many irons in the fire, and suddenly his business began to suffer for it. At one point, he went ahead and expanded his business, but he chose the wrong partners to do that with, and it just didn't work out. And I remember thinking at the time that, he really seems like he's burning out. And he really seems like he needs a rest. And then somewhere in the midst of all that, he did exactly that. He unplugged for a while. He took a little bit of time off. You know, sometimes you're just in a situation where you're not even in a place where you can think things through clearly. You just need to step back a little bit and give yourself a little bit of time to hit the reset button. So he went ahead, he did that, he pushed everything else to the side, all the distractions, and then from there he came up with a simple plan and he started to rebuild. He looked at all the key components of his business, and this is somebody who, again, was in business for a long time. This isn't a newbie. This is somebody who already experienced success. I know a lot of people think, they don't really think it through, they just think that when they get to a certain point, their business will be successful, and it's like the end of the movie, the end of the book. Uh, They lived happily ever after. People don't realize that the success that you had maybe two or three years ago isn't automatically going to carry over into the future. A lot of times markets change, tastes change, a lot of things change, and you have to change with the times. That's one of the things we talk about a lot on this podcast is keeping up with the times and changing with the times. And it's really much easier to do that when you simplify your approach to business overall. So back to my client, what he did was he looked at all the key components of his business and he decided that he needed to freshen everything up. Next, he began to plan out events where his customers could come and make a purchase at a discount. He put different packages together and then we went ahead and we emailed his list to promote exactly what it is that he was doing. And he held these events once or twice a month. Now, in full disclosure, he did get some help, I believe, from family. You know, when you have an offline business, oftentimes it costs some money to turn the corner and head in a better direction. It costs some money, not just time to freshen things up. A little bit different than the online world. But the point is, he focused, he rebuilt, and today, several years later, his business is doing better than ever. Matter of fact, he's looking to expand again with a better partner today and customers, new customers are coming through the door regularly, and he's been a client of mine going on a decade now, and he's never been as successful as he is today. And these new customers are so happy, they're telling their friends, and so on, and so on, and so on. And to me, that's the ultimate when it comes to marketing, is when you're getting referrals, when other people are talking about you. It's so much easier when others are promoting your products, when others are talking about the services that you offer and your content, when all of that happens through word of mouth. But when it comes to being proactive with online marketing, 
you can't rely on other people. You have to take some type of forward action yourself. Now, when we talk about doing that, in the most practical sense, we're talking about providing your marketplace with the kind of information that's going to help them get answers to their questions. A lot of people, when they have answers to questions, where do they go? Google, Yahoo, Bing. When you provide your marketplace with the kind of information that's going to help them solve their problems, that's what I mean about being proactive. When you help other people accomplish whatever their goals and their objectives are. But how do we do that, practically speaking? All right, let's just think it through. If someone reads a post that you've made on social media, Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, wherever, and they engage with you directly, are they going to leave that platform and go over to your website and start suddenly start reading through the content that you have there, the information that you have there? Most often, I would say probably not. Now, it's great if you have conversations. Of course, you can't have conversations all day long. Unless, of course, you have no work at all and that's you have plenty of time to have conversations. But I'm just saying, generally speaking, you know, we have interactions with people on social media and those interactions remain on social media. Now, if you're a designer or a developer, you may go ahead and check out the person's URL if it's available, their domain. But most of the time, d- designers and developers who do this, they're just checking out the design. Or some of them are really hardcore, so they'll run other people's um, URLs through the PageSpeed Insights, you know, the uh, Google PageSpeed Insights to see how well that website is developed. I know I do that, so I guess I would be in the hardcore group. But I don't know, I see what types of tools they're using, what their tech stack is. But I'm not doing anything in the realm of making a buying decision. I'm just interested in how they've built out their online presence. But anyway, so the average person doesn't do any of that. So, but think about this. When you engage with people on social media, usually those conversations stay on social media. What happens on social media stays on social media. So you're not going to a bunch of websites looking to buy something. Now, I know there's times where somebody will say there's a special or check this product out. And, and again, if as long as it's not your product, you doing it for yourself, other people are doing it has much more impact than you just promoting your own thing. Now, even if you live in a world of analytics, and I used to live in this world, that's why I'm saying that, to the point where a visitor is a visitor, I remember just looking at stats sometimes and thinking, hey, a visitor is a visitor. I'd rather have 100 visitors that don't buy anything than have no visitors at all. But really, the result is the same, isn't it? I mean, you don't build a business by attracting people to your website who have no interest in buying what you're selling, right? That's just the the ABCs of business. The most important people to your business are the people who buy stuff from you. So, you know, all things being equal, that leaves out your family, your friends. Hey, it's great that other people are supporting what you do and they buy from you once in a while. But the people that truly need the solution that you offer, these are the people who are oftentimes they become customers for life. So let's get a little clarity here by asking the question, Who needs what you have? I mean, that's really as simple as we could break it down by answering that question today, not the way it was two or three years ago. Right now, today, sitting where you are, listening to this podcast, who needs what you have? Maybe you can answer that in just one or two words. Maybe there's a few different groups of people. Let's simplify this. Let's use an analogy. If you're a plumber, people with leaky faucets need what you have. So maybe you fix things for people as one part of your business, 
Or maybe like a lot of people do online, you also teach others how to do it for themselves, right? There's certain people that enjoy learning how to do new things, the do-it-yourselfers. Now, a lot of the listeners of uh, this podcast have a similar approach to their own businesses. They provide a service to others that don't have the expertise to do it themselves, but they also teach people uh, how to do it themselves, who fit the do-it-yourself profile. So let's, again, use the leaky faucet analogy for your business. The people who can't fix their problems would rather hire you. Those are the people that you can still be doing business with five and 10 years down the line. Just take a moment to digest that. The people that need the kind of solutions that you offer, who don't want to take the time, the energy, the investment to learn how to do it themselves, they would just rather pay you to do it. These are people that you can have as clients and customers for years. I've had certain clients and customers for 20 years now over that. That's why a service-based business can flourish over the long haul so much easier than a lot of other business models can. Now, I have several gourmet chef friends who can teach me how to cook incredible dishes. But guess what? I'd rather go to their restaurants and pay them to cook for me. I don't want to put in the time and the effort at this point to learn. Hey, there's a lot of things that I wish I could do, but I don't want them enough to actually put in the effort to learn how to do it. I'm sure that you're the same way with with things. But back to this leaky faucet analogy, if you teach others how to do what you do, how long will they remain, well, in this case, your students? Probably not for life, at least not if you're a good teacher. I mean, if you go to college to learn how to, your time there will vary between how many years on average, two to four years? Unless, you know, you want to be a doctor or something like that. So likewise, if you're going to teach online, your students will graduate in a similar way between, let's say, two and four years. After that, they'll be practicing what they learn in a real world type of setting. So realistically, you have to bring new prospects to the table all the time if you want to have an education business that lives longer than two to four years. You know, when people start out in the education business online, usually they draw from an existing Facebook group. That's what I did several times, or an existing mailing list. I did that before there were Facebook groups. But realistically speaking, it doesn't matter if you're in business for two years or 20 years, you still have to bring new prospects to the table all the time, or the lifespan of your business will shrink very, very quickly. You have to bring new traffic to your website and to your offers consistently over time. But to get people to go to your website, again, being completely realistic about this, you have to give them a reason to go there. You have to give them something, let's call it content in this case, that's not available anywhere else. So for example, if you subscribe to my podcast via Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, for example, every time a new episode drops, it shows up in your app. Now, one of the reasons why I tell people about my URL, jimgalliano.com forward slash podcast, and I say all the episodes are there, is because I want to give them reasons to go to my main website. Because if they just get this podcast through whatever app they're connecting with or they're connected to, then there's still not a good reason to go beyond listening to this podcast to a URL or to my main website unless I promote it. In a lot of cases, I have to promote it heavily. Now, you may now th- those are the pros and the cons. So you may have a popular podcast or you may have a popular YouTube channel, and that's great. But that's just one part of a bigger puzzle because you still need to give people a reason to go to your main website 
unless you're selling directly on the podcast. Or if we're talking video, you're selling directly on the YouTube channel. But oftentimes, and maybe it's because we watch videos on different size devices and when we're mobile and doing things. But I just find when I'm on YouTube, for example, I'm watching videos on YouTube. I'm not following any links through. Plus, the other thing is I use an ad blocker, so it usually removes the links from the description, so I don't even see them. And same thing with podcasts. I'm listening to a podcast, and maybe there is a link in the description, but I don't have easy access to it. So in the in the big picture, you need to give people a reason to go to your main website or to a landing page before most people are going to make the effort to do so. If it requires an effort and you're thinking to yourself, well, how much of an effort does it take to click on the link? And again, I think it really depends. I know a lot of times I'm just kicking back in the chair and I'm watching something on my phone or on a tablet and clicking a link is different than clicking a link on a desktop. And like I said, I use an ad blocker, so sometimes the link isn't even there on YouTube. So, but if you just look look at this logically and you think about what is it that causes you to go to someone's website, to click on a link? What does it take to get you to leave Facebook? What does it take to get you to leave Twitter? What does it really take? And then you begin to look at that in your own business, then maybe that'll help you a little bit. I know for myself, again, and, and it's hard just to project how I do it onto everyone else. I know we do that a lot of times. We just assume that everybody has the same more or less online habits that we do, and it's really not like that. But we have to give people something. This can usually take the form of any kind of content that they're not able to get somewhere else. And and this is one of the reasons why I started redirecting focus back to topics like SEO and blogging and writing articles. And, you know, I don't know how accurate the stats are, but the last time I checked, it was about 77% of online users refer to blog content and articles when looking for answers to questions and solutions to problems. So that's a pretty high percentage. So in other words, they're going to a Google, they're going to Yahoo, they're going to Bing, whatever, usually whatever the default is. Most of the time it's Google because a lot of people use Chrome. But we're looking at this subject in the light of the future of your business, the future meaning the next few years. Just think forward two to five years. I know sometimes that's easier said than done. We're talking about masses of people out there who have yet to discover you. I don't care how big your audience is right now, but comparatively speaking, it's probably like just like a drop in in the ocean, a drop in the bucket. And so if you want new people to come to your website, new prospects, and get to the point where they truly enjoy your content, they enjoy listening to your videos or audios or they enjoy your insights. It doesn't make any difference what kind of business you have. You must have information on your site that they won't be able to access anywhere else. I think really that's the bottom line because if they can access it on social media, then there's no reason to leave that social media platform. And we all know that these social media platforms, regardless of which one you're talking about, are designed to keep you on the platform Unless, of course, you're investing in ads. And this is the reason why, of course, ads are so popular because you don't have to bother with the whole content creation process. You know, you just take out your credit card and you run that ad for as long as you want it. I'm looking at the balance to ads. I'm not anti-ads. I never have been. 
but I know that so many people out there aren't in a position where they can spend thousands of dollars per month on ads. Most people are in a position where on a good month they may be able to spend hundreds of dollars on ads or maybe not quite even that. So building up takes a while for them to get results using ads. But if you do have the budget, I don't see any reason why you wouldn't want to just complete the picture and you have the best of both worlds. SEO is fantastic because if you get listed for whatever your keywords are, your articles rank very highly, then that's free traffic. You don't have to pay for an ad for that traffic. People are looking up whatever their questions are, whatever their challenges are, and they're finding your articles and your content on your site. Well, there's the complete marketing picture right there. You've got it. And you know you don't even need to have one-of-a-kind content. In a lot of ways, all of our content is kind of one-of-a-kind because we each have our own style. We each have our way of presenting information. We each have our own unique outlook. We all present information in a certain way. Ask yourself the question in recent times, why did you visit certain websites and interact with them? What was it that brought you there? Maybe you downloaded an ebook. Maybe you downloaded a, a checklist. What brought you to that site? And number two, could you duplicate that process on your own site? So recently I found myself wondering whether some of the larger content creators on various platforms, podcasting platforms, YouTube, video platforms, whether they kept up with their own home-based websites, I guess you might call them, as well as they did the content on whatever type of channel they had. So I was curious if I was going to look up a podcaster, I would see whether all of the episodes were available on the website plus other stuff. Uh, I was just curious, have these websites of some of the larger creators been... I don't want to say abandoned, but maybe a little bit neglected in favor of keeping up with what they were doing on whatever platform they were using primarily. So I decided to look up WordPress tutorial channels, and I listened to quite a few WordPress tutorials, but I decided to look up the top three or four that would come up in a search and then see whether or not their particular websites were kept as up-to-date as their YouTube channels were. So that's what I did. And the first one I found was Tyler Moore. He has 429,000-plus subscribers on his YouTube channel. And I've watched a few of his videos before. The only thing that stuck out with... I don't want to say the only thing like it's a negative, but the one thing that stuck out to me about what I saw as far as his YouTube content goes, it was all about creating a complete website, creating a WordPress website. And he has a lot of video views. And so I was kind of curious to see what he had going on on his website. And I was a little bit surprised because when I went to his website, which is a great URL, tyler.com, just T-Y-L-E-R.com, he had more of a minimalist layout and a single focus. And his single focus was building a WordPress website. I mean, the complete package from start to finish. Whereas most of the other channels focus on various things like how to install certain plugins or how to do certain things once you have the site together. Now, I have to be honest, I didn't watch all of his videos on putting a website together. And maybe he does cover some of these things. I'm sure he does because the length of his videos, they're quite lengthy. And uh, But he seems to be the premier person, at least subscriber-wise, when it comes to solving the problem of building a WordPress website. 
So again, 429,000 plus subscribers. The next one that came up in my search was Daryl Wilson. So I was familiar with his stuff on and off over the years. He's been around for quite a while. He clocked in at 346,000 subscribers. And on his channel, he basically talks about all things WordPress. And I found his on his personal website, DarylWilson.com. That's D-A-R-R-E-L, Daryl Wilson, W-I-L-S-O-N. He has basically everything that he has on his YouTube channel. And it's laid out quite well. I have to say that uh, the one thing that's different that I find about what he's doing, his opinions kind of veer off from what you might call the norm or popular opinions. Not all the time, but every now and then, I would say maybe a little bit more than most. So if we were sitting in a room of designers and developers and there were 10 people, I would say that if there were, let's say, two out of 10 that had maybe a contrarian look about a specific product or way to do something or tool to use, he would be one of the the two that I would guess would look at things a little bit different. And, you know, I think it's good that people have differing opinions. I believe that if everyone has the same opinion, it's it's just not natural, right? You got to wonder if everybody's brainwashed or not. But I think it's good when we have people in the room with varying opinions, not just to go down that track too far. But I remember there was a person that taught years ago, I think it was called the rule of 10. Whereas if 10 people in a company agreed on a specific path to take, one person would have to play the role of the dissenter and find out a reason why the other nine were wrong and try and prove the other nine wrong. And they did that simply to protect themselves because they believed that if everyone had the same opinion, something was wrong. Anyway, do with that what you will. The next one, I don't know if I'm pronouncing this right or not. His first name is Ferdy and his last name is Korpershuk. I'm probably pronouncing that wrong. Ferdy, F-E-R-D-Y, Korpershuk. K-O-R-P-E-R-S-H-O-E-K. Maybe it's Korpershek. I don't know what country he comes from, but I remember seeing him getting started maybe only a few years ago, and he's already up to 277,000 subscribers. I checked out his site, and like Tyler Moore and Daryl Wilson's, his website was also really well done. Now, I didn't do Google. I did not really do as far as page load times, Google page speed, that type of analytics when I looked at these sites. I looked at them as far as layout and content and ease to find what you're looking for. Now, his focus was a little bit different. His focus is a little bit more on the affiliate marketing side. And maybe that's the reason why his numbers have grown so much, because he focused more on the marketing side of WordPress type information, whereas a lot of other people just focus on the mechanical or how-to side. So I'm just going to assume here that all of these numbers are legit, that none of these individuals have paid to boost their subscriber base or anything like that. I could be wrong. I don't know. But um, from that respect, you can see how with a focus on marketing, someone like Ferdy was able to build his website a little bit faster than some of the other people in the WordPress space. But his site was also very clean, very well laid out. All right. And the last one is a WP Crafter with 236,000 plus uh, subscribers. That's run by Adam Prizer. And he does a great job on his home site of laying out and categorizing his content and his videos. 
Matter of fact, I think that his layout is among the best out there with finding what you want and finding it quickly and everything organized really well. And as with all of these channels, just as an example of this, these are individuals who built followings on platforms that they don't own and they don't control. However, they did not neglect their home base websites in the process and they're kept up to date with content. And and just like if I use Adam's site as an example here, I believe that if you spent time on his website, which is WPCrafter.com, I believe that you'll get even more benefits from what he has to offer than if you just spent time on the YouTube channel, just watching the videos from there. And the, and the same thing with the other three, Tyler Moore, Daryl Wilson, and Ferdy. I believe that their websites are great examples of why you should keep up with the property that you own, that you control, and have that be the foundation of your business. One thing a little bit different about Adam Prizer is he's also a product creator and on the marketing side too, with similar with Ferdy. But Ferdy, I think, is a little more with the Russell Brunson mold of online marketing. So, you know, I know a guy that creates exclusive content for his Rumble channel. And recently, Rumble, if you're not familiar with it, it's a video hosting platform, and they have offices here where I live now. I think they're originally out of Toronto or someplace like that, but they're very big and they're hiring people here locally. And he decided he wanted to grow his audience there on Rumble. So his strategy was to create exclusive content just for his Rumble channel instead of focusing mainly on YouTube. And he's grown really fast doing it that way too. Now, there's no reason why you can't create exclusive content for your own website. The .com, the .net, the .me, the .whatever that you own and control. Because also, if you do that, if you follow that strategy, you may find that it's much easier to get started and stick with things like email marketing, for example. Because, for example, if you have a video channel or a podcast, those platforms alert people every time you produce new content. So if you have an email list, maybe you feel funny about alerting people who've already been alerted by whatever platform your content's hosted on that you have a new episode or that you have a new video. Whereas, and again, it depends how aggressive you are with email marketing. So most people are really underutilizing email marketing for their business. And believe me, I get it. I get what it's like to feel uncomfortable sending out emails and if you haven't sent out emails in a while, you wonder in the back of your mind if people still want to hear from you and if you're undecided on your messaging. I mean, all kinds of things go through your mind when people unsubscribe. You wonder if you need to tweak or change something. But after you've done it for a while, it's one of those things that you just have to do it and forget about all these little maybe incidental things that might go through your mind. And just remember that... People won't stay on your list forever. Sometimes you don't have them as subscribers for life. And that your main focus is on who you can help, not who you can't. Who needs what you have, not who already knows about it. And it's just like anything else in your business. So if you have an email list already and you feel funny about alerting people every time you have a new video or a new podcast because you have a YouTube channel or you have a podcast network that already updates them, I understand, yeah, the last thing you want to do is burn out your list or have people think that your content is really irrelevant to them because it's overkill. But if you're creating exclusive content 
on the other hand, that can only be accessed through your website or through your blog, and that includes audio and video that are maybe it's not part of your YouTube channel or not part of your podcast or whatever else, not part of your Facebook group, not part of what you've been talking about on Twitter. And then you use email to alert your subscribers every time that exclusive content is available. Maybe let them know it's exclusive content. You're not publishing it on other channels, only on your website, only to your subscribers then there's a certain value to sending out that kind of message that you won't have just sending out an update message where you know the same content's available on three different social channels and you get where I'm coming from because that information is exclusive. It's only in one spot and only the people on your list are getting updated about it. So uh, if you create helpful content for others and you publish it on your own blog, then you simply let people know when the new content is available. That's an easy way to get started with email marketing. Another easy way is to have a newsletter. A newsletter is something I've published on and off over the years. I'm currently on, again, I publish a monthly newsletter called the Digital Strategist Newsletter. And that way, publishing once a month, it keeps me on schedule, but I don't have to think of something witty to come up with every week, or I don't have to push a product all the time. I'm not really into affiliate marketing. Nothing against it. Maybe I will be in the future, but just where my focus is right now, it's not something that is a a major part of what I do. There's a few affiliate links that I have on my website. One of them goes to Cloudways, Cloudways web hosting service, of course. Uh, But other than that, I really don't promote any affiliate programs at this current time. But in the big picture, email and exclusive content will ensure that you're not out of sight and out of mind. And the fact that your content is on your own website, on your own platform, ensures that you will continue to build your brand and build your audience. It's a win-win situation, no matter how you look at it. All right, well, that's about all for today. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you think it will help a friend, please go ahead and share the episode link with them, or you can send them directly to jimgalliano.com forward slash podcast. All the back episodes, as I said before, can be found there as well. Your sharing of this podcast as a whole or a specific episode link helps me reach more people that could use a boost with their business. It's a noisy space out there, no matter what space that you're in today. So I appreciate all of you who take the time to share an episode link or the podcast link with others. And lastly, if you're ready for change, don't forget, head over to onetomanysystem.com, watch the presentation, take notes, and then take the next step. So that's all for today. Thanks again for listening. Have a great rest of your week, and I'll talk to you later. 